right, welcome to this week's Caddy Wampus podcast. I've got an old school friend. We grew up together. We've known each other. We played ball in a yard. We chased each other. No, I'm just kidding. We met about 25 minutes ago. Yep. Um, but man, uh, uh, Stephen, it's great to have you here. Oh, it's a and blessing. so, man, a first of all, thank you for being willing to share today. Yeah. Uh, but then to come out and lead worship tonight for Vision Words, the uh, benefit awesome. concert we got. So I felt like I know what's really interesting about social media, especially video. Sure. And you've got a lot of personal testimony, a lot of just yeah. daily kind of checking, just hey, here's what's oh, yeah. going on, and worship. So you kind of see the the all you know two or three different variations so you feel like you know somebody by the time oh, yeah. you meet them that way yeah. and uh, apparently I feel that way about some people i watch that yeah, if i yeah. met them they'd yeah. be like well, i get that a lot people are like oh man how's your kids i saw your youngest did this and that and i'm like okay wait we've never weird. met yeah <laughs> it gets a little weird but it is apparent um for those who watch, he didn't watch any of my social media because he oh, showed back. He drove all the way back down. What from? Pen, you said uh, from Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Louisville. So, man, thanks so much for being here, uh, and uh, we look forward to having you tonight. And I uh, yeah. can't wait to see what happens. It's uh, just we're we're ready for it. Just to, well, we're at a beautiful place. This man, place this is, is awesome. West Milford Farm is just it's a it's it's awesome. So we're we're yeah. we're extremely blessed that they made it possible for us to be here tonight. And to just imagery, it's like uh, it's like a wedding venue. It's like a bunch of barns, and it's like just it's awesome. It's yeah, so gorgeous. Yeah, man. So needless to say, I've watched some of your personal testimonies and and listened a little bit. So I've I've got a pretty good idea. What that cattywampus just man when life was just jacked up, messed up, mm-hmm. and but what what was that that biggest event where life change happened for you? So first, let me just say cattywampus. I've never said that word before in my life till just now. That was it, right? That there. was in, and uh, I would say all of life before Jesus is cattywampus. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, I I grew up. My dad was an evangelist. And we traveled like as a kid, but the guy that I saw about in pulpit and the one that I saw in private was not the same. I'd literally see my dad get up and preach about Jesus. And then behind closed doors, physically abuse my mom. Uh, And I said, you know what? If God's real, he's not good. And I don't want anything to do with him or this Jesus guy. And I begin down this intense path of addiction. I mean, like 11 between 13, I was stealing stuff, smoking, drinking, breaking into houses, you name it, right? By the time I'm smoking pot, too, at this time, right? By the time I'm 15, it's cocaine, pills, I'm selling drugs. By the time I turn 17 years old, I'm a full-out crystal meth addict. I'm using crystal meth almost every day for over six years. Um, During this time, (laughs) I'm the guy that truly hates Christians and Christianity. Like, two things would happen if you mentioned the name Jesus around me. I was either going to cuss you out or try to knock you out because, like I said, I was a meth addict. So if I threw my whole body at you, you might get a paper cut. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. I was, but I, you know, I try. But uh, I really, I hated it, man. But there were people that were praying for me, like really praying for me. Now, you probably know what I'm talking about. I mean, oh, yeah. if you're on the other side of that and you're seeing someone go through that that you love and care about, um, you can see like how effective they could be for the kingdom of God. And there were people praying for me like that, like really. And so God was after me and somebody came and gave me this book called the case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Um, He was like an atheist journalist that went to disprove Christianity and found out it was all real. And so this book was like evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. 
And uh, so when somebody gave me this book, this is the most miraculous part of my story because I always say like, I didn't like cuss them out or like try to claw their eyes out of their mm-hmm. head. I just took the book. It was like a blur. I was like, cool. Thank you. you know? <laughs> and fast forward, um, I'm in this house full of musicians and drugs and it's three o'clock in the morning. What is it about three o'clock in the morning? Right. Yeah. Have you heard that a lot. Oh, I feel yeah. like people are always like something. Oh yeah. Three o'clock in the morning. I don't know what that's yeah. about, but Holy Spirit, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I don't know. But 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting in bed. I've got drugs next to me on the side table. It is seemingly the most improbable place for someone to get saved. There's nobody playing a harp quietly in the corner. It's like, you know, uh, it's just me and him. And uh, it's the kindness. I always say it's the kindness of a very real God to meet broken people, you know, like you and me. Yeah. And especially to meet me in a place like this, right? And we begin to have this internal dialogue. It's like this, Stephen, I'm real. I'm good. I have a purpose for your life. Now, I didn't audibly hear him, but these thoughts were not mine. Right. And it's obvious they were not mine. And I was like, God, I want to give you my life. I want to quit all this addiction, all this darkness, all this depression, all this anger that I've known for so long. God, I want to, but I can't. I uh, sure, you know, like when you're in the presence of God, there's no like saying the right churchy thing, you know, yeah. that he knows what's up and you know, you what's, know what's up. That. So just, you know, be real. I was like, God, I want to, but I can't. Um, this is relatable, I think, if you're in addiction, but like I had been in addiction at this point for over 11 years and I literally couldn't remember what it was like to be a little kid and mm. be happy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. without truly, taking just, something yeah. to yeah. make me feel happy. Just be truly happy. Yeah, without just, a substance of some sort. Right. Couldn't remember. So when I said, God, I want to, but I can't, I meant it, you know? And a thought more powerful than words, the Holy Spirit spoke something into me that changed me for the rest of my life. He said, Stephen, you won't do it. I'll do it. And this is that like Ephesians 2 grace. You know, you're saved by grace. This isn't something you can mm-hmm. boast about. It's a work of yeah. God. But there is one work that the Lord expects of us the only thing is this and it says this in john it says the only work the father asks of you is to believe yeah like to take him at his word right right to actually believe what he says when we say amen we're saying i agree with With you you. god i'm saying yes to what you said so in that moment he said you won't do it i'll do it i believed him like i believe i'm breathing air right now And I fell on my knees, gave my life to Jesus in that room, went from addiction buy, to redemption. Buy, your, buy yourself 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> 3 o'clock in the morning, boogers coming out of my nose, <laughs> ugly crying yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Now my girlfriend at the time, well, fiance at the time, now my wife, after yeah. 27 years of being together, married awesome. for 21, she was in the bed that night. She woke up to me bawling like this on the floor, giving my life to Jesus, and she was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I was like, I gave my life to Jesus. You know, like that. And she just looks at me and goes, Are you high? She's <laughs> saying it's like this was an ongoing theme because I moved out, by the way, just for anybody listening, like practical boots on the ground stuff. I actually looked at her and said, Look, I know God's wanting me to move out and we can't do this anymore. You know what I mean? Like right. living to sleeping together and all this kind of stuff. So just be real. I was like, I'm gonna move and I'm gonna stay with a friend. We're still getting married. I love you. God's going to redeem all this, right? I sleep on a friend's couch, and he's like, what'd you do? You know what I mean? What are you on a couch? I was like, I gave my life to Jesus. Again, you're high, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, and my wife ended up just kind of watching me. You know what I mean? Does this guy mean it? Right. Um, So just so you know, and I don't want people to be just like, don't be discouraged with what I'm about to say. I quit everything overnight. 
willpower, not my own. Right. But for anybody listening to that, you go, well, forget it. You know, Um, in the gospels, Jesus never healed anyone the same way twice. Every story has a purpose. If it takes you five times, if it takes 10 times and you fall at his feet and it's done, the Lord's going to use your story to draw thousands to him. If you're truly like, truly chasing after him, go after him. And, um, but don't worry, there's plenty more screwed up stuff with me to work uh, uh, on for years ago. <laughs> yeah. So here's one question before we get into the next. This is one yeah. I don't normally ask, but I'll, but because your background and just your story, what do you think that the church can do that to really there's a stigma around addiction. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you think the church could do to help the body just really move forward to if it was someone's got cancer or if someone's you know, it's all these other things that are just destructive and ravishing, right? But when we look at it, it's like it's one of those things, oh, he's got a problem. Oh, we have a meeting on Tuesday and 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 you know, we'll we'll pray for him. But like they just a lot I'm not saying all churches. No, there's yeah. a, there's some that get it. They just don't get their hands in, you know, we're we're running into the ditches every day pulling guys out of it. And, because you were in that ditch too. Yes. So it's yeah. important to understand, I think. I agree, but I would also say it's a lot better than it was, um, at least from what I've noticed. And I travel yep. all over the world, actually. We just went to South Africa not too long ago to awesome. do the addiction recovery ministry. Um, it's different. I mean, like, God is moving in a way through addiction ministries that honestly is pretty awesome. Like, it's gotten a lot better over the years. And I, I see a lot of churches basically – um, supporting ministries within their church that do that. Right. That I don't see as much from every pulpit, you know what I mean? Or like yeah. service, yeah. but I do see a lot more than normal now having ministries that they're trying to get going. And, but those ministries are started by somebody that was an addict. They come uh-huh. up and they go, man, we got to do this. Well, it's only, you know, it was get told, it was told to me that everything I needed would be given to me for free <laughs> with a condition that I got to give it away every day because mm-hmm. that's the only way I can keep it. Right. And it's that that focus at the beginning, right? My relationship with Christ isn't where it is now. Sure. At that point in time, it's like, okay, simply it's just what do I have? Well, I have a day sober. So I can what what can I help somebody with? You know, what and it's just evolves over time, but that continue not focusing on me, focusing on someone else that's in need, just how can I help you? How can I serve? And it just it's that that mm-hmm. willingness daily. I think we'll find too that a lot more pastors are struggling with addiction that we realize. Oh, man, without well, a doubt. But we might know it, but that are saying it, yes, that are coming yeah. out. Because I think there's a fear of repentance, because what we equate with repentance is, oh, I'm in trouble. People are going to find out the terrible thing I did. Right. But what repentance actually is in the Bible, it equals blessing. Yeah. Every time they went, God says, you know, if my people will call my people in Deuteronomy, if my people are called, my people will turn from their wicked ways and turn to me. Then I'll send the harvest. Then I'll send the rain. That's a blessing. Um, Acts three nineteen and twenty says, "Repent, so that the time of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord." Every time repentance is mentioned in the Bible, God's saying, "When you do this, I'm going to open up blessing." And I'm not talking about health and wealth. I'm talking about there's a block on your life because of repentance. Yeah. And um, I think that's part of it. There's this. There's a. There's just a distortion about what it really is. Yes. 
we we just think, oh, I'm going to be canceled. And yeah. Don't get me wrong. That's a real but, thing. Uh, uh, it is these days. And you, you probably need to take a seat for a good long while, if depending right. on what you're doing. But that pain, that there is purpose in that pain. You know, there, oh. you know, without a doubt. And There's that's something beautiful. What did you learn? What are, what are a couple of things you learned about yourself going through? I mean, you grew up in a home, right? There, so you've been around it, but for you personally, as you entered a deeper personal relationship with Christ and completely gave your life, what did... What are a couple things that you learned about yourself or learned through that those early days where someone's watching this like, oh yeah, he's 26, 20. No, it's like those first couple of days, first couple of weeks, you you remember kind of like what you clinged on to or what you learned about yourself? I quit or- everything overnight, but I was an emotional mess. Like, don't get don't get me wrong. It wasn't yeah. like I was just good to go. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm all better now. You know what I mean? Nah. Suddenly I put on a bunch of weight overnight, you know, all that. No, it was it was a process, you know. But um I think probably the the biggest thing was I um, quickly found out that I, I I couldn't like make all my like I went all my addiction friends and I was like God's real oh my gosh it's all real you guys oh, won't yeah. believe it those people disappeared really quick very fast <laughs> yeah and I think I had the thought that like oh I'm gonna get them all saved uh, um God protected me. By making them all disappear. I hate to say that. A lot of them got saved later, by the way, and that's great. Many of them are dead now. But yep. some of them got saved, and I wasn't there to see it, but they did get saved later. And um, that's fine. Like, don't be scared about that. Like, God's protecting you, right? and he's going to put people around you that love him and love you and are going to hold your arms up and are going to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And some of that has to happen before you can be you know, the, there's this saying, somebody says, it's like, um, when, when the glove gets in the mud, the mud doesn't get glovey. <laughs> the glove gets muddy. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, it doesn't work. That's a pretty interesting yeah. way to look at it. You so, know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, that's, don't get me wrong. Like we're light in the dark. I'm not saying yeah. that, but there are some things where it's like, there, there's a time to prepare, uh, a time you know, to grow and get ready if for you're, If you struggle with pornography, don't go hang out in a you know what I mean? Like a yeah. brothel all day. You know yeah. what I mean? Go, I'm saved now. That's it's way. like, you know, yeah. there's just common, there are some things you just have to know that come with it. God's going to switch up some stuff. Yeah, that was uh, for a season. A couple of old timers when I first got sober, it says basically, you know, you go to the barbershop every day and you just sit in the barbershop and you talk to folks every day. Mm-hmm. You're eventually going to get your haircut. <laughs> right, you you didn't you didn't walk in there that day to get your hair. No, we're, we're both bald people. Why yeah, are you well, using this analogy? Well, I, right yeah, now? I didn't used to be. When I got sober, I wasn't. But you know, it's that sense of like, oh, I'm just going to hang no, out I with folks it. and just talk totally. to them. It's like, but eventually, that seat's going to be empty. Right, you're going to find yourself in that seat and never, never made right. the conscious decision to get up and get in it. It's just, you're it's right. going to happen. So it's like, it's not just you got to change yourself as well. Not just change the people you're around in your environments, mm-hmm. but that there's a there's a time and a place to come back to that to minister to mm-hmm. and pull out but 30 days in man it's that uh, going off to be with him process yeah it's okay that yeah, without the lord's going to go off to the wilderness 40 days before going off into ministry yeah it's okay it's for okay. you to yeah. take some time so if you sit there what are some some double d's i i call them the double d's the daily discipline mm-hmm. so there's a, you know, so there's a little humor in it. It's it got a little sure. awkward when I asked my daughter that question. Like, okay, you know? I see what you mean. By yeah, that. but it's but really to me, it's like it <laughs> yeah, got that a little, is a problem. We're yeah. not going to go there. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, so, but, the day, uh, what are but my... true daily disciplines that you have today. Yes. Yeah, daily that disciplines. man, you didn't have back in that kind of that keep you 
centered with your relationship with Christ and your wife and your kids and career and everything um, else that's going on. Yeah, you know, I I do. I think probably the biggest thing um, for me is just really spending time with my wife and my family and being genuinely um, real with them and authentic with them and talking. And that sounds, you know, of course there's Bible and prayer. We all know that's an answer, right? That's yeah. going to be one of them. Of course, I spend time in the Word every day. And, of course, I spend time talking to him because he's with me everywhere I go. Right. And another thing I would say is this, like I try to almost every day is, you know, I'm a worship guy, I'm a songwriter and all that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, first off, I'm a son, you know, yeah, um, son of the living God. And yeah. those things are, are a byproduct just because of that. Like they're just the overflow. Right. So what I say to people is I'm like, I try to spend at least a day in the day, so much time with him, not trying to write a song, not hitting record not reading the Bible going, this will be great to teach people. Like all of it's just me and him and it's for him and that's it. And when that happens, whatever I do on a stage or out when I'm with people, now it's the overflow of who I am when nobody's watching. Right. Instead of now I'm going to be this in front of people um, to like really protect that time. That's just you and him. Um, it's honest. He's real. He's there. My gosh. You get to talk to him yeah. like that kind of stuff, man, to set aside time. Because one of the things after becoming a believer, really just being a human, it's like you will let yourself get so busy so quick. And it only gets worse today mm -hmm. in this culture. Like everything is just like 90 miles an hour, right? One thing after the next, making time for him to just be with him seems like something that's the last thing we do. We go, yeah, but I got to do this, and I got to do that, I got to do yeah, this. It's kind of like, this, oh, he'll be there when I get to him. Type this yeah. is the cornerstone. This is the foundation of who you are. Everything's built on it, you know? Yeah. So what would you say, what's a discipline you've put in your life that to you got accountability around that, or you got it in your just your personal discipline to make sure that time, how, how, do, you, how do you keep that in check? I mean, honestly, I just – do it myself. I don't have anybody tell me, did you do that today? But, uh, you know, my, my wife would notice probably if I didn't. But no, she I, wouldn't. Yeah, there's you know, a distinct difference right, in your right, beha yeah. behavior. But, yeah, of course. But, you know, I think if I was to give somebody advice, it's not, it would be to get accountability. Like, there's been people in my life, I have friends that I genuinely spend time with talking about sharing things and making sure we're on the, on same, the same page. page. Still yeah. do that. Still do that to this day. With, yeah. Couple and you of get to do it. you get to do it. That's the great. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's awesome. like you know. I remember when I first got sober. It's like, oh man, I have to call. I have to do this. I, you know, it's like, you know, and it was yeah. I wanted it, but I didn't want it as bad as the feeling of man. I'm a man. Like, let me. Alone. I, I got. I got this. I got mm. you know. And having to keep. But it was that. It was almost that teaching me that I needed to surrender. It was like being, know, being, being. Some people will say, "Well, you got Jesus now, and you are a new creation." Yep. I will be honest with you on this. I don't say I'm an addict. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, that's not who I am anymore. Right. I'm a new creation. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm reminding myself that that's the thing. That doesn't mean I won't, someone might not make a mistake or whatever, yeah. but you just have to stop and go, that thing that I yeah. thought was me is a lie. Yeah. Because it literally says in the word, the old you is dead. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like, if I keep calling myself that, yeah. that I'm putting on something that Jesus literally says I'm not anymore. Yeah. And that's the trick, you know. I'm not saying it's a trick. I'm just saying it's yeah. Part well, it's of the power transforming of the word. your mind. It's like you know? to me, I feel like I am 
you know, if you look back at the, uh, a lot of 12 step tax, old tax is that you were recovered, right? You weren't in recovery. You were mm-hmm. recovered. Uh, yeah, you walk yeah. into the rooms, you say that today, they're like, man, what are you talking about? You can't mm-hmm. get, you know, but it, but it's there. I know I'm new. I know right. my tendencies of if I quit doing the daily disciplines I've got in place in my life now, mm-hmm. then I know where I'm going to head. Right. Right. And it's kind of, it's kind of my deal there. So um, as we start kind of landing the plane, you know, one thing I would love to know is just how epic is life? Like, right. Like now, if you would have told, you know, 26 years ago, is it 26 yeah. years, 27 years ago? Oh, um, yes. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. So look, if you were sitting there, laying there in that bed, you know, yeah, and it's not coming out of your nose, just I mean, a, yeah, a, sure. A, you know, like, I, would you have thought life was like it is right now? Not in a million years. I would have never written this story. That's why it's a better story. Yeah, right. Um, one thing would be the book that I read that night, um, Lee Strobel's book. If you'd have told me then, well, one, you'll be in front of thousands of people talking, telling people you're a meth addict. Like, no, I don't yeah. think so. That doesn't look good on a job resume. No. Um. No, that Stephen, the book you're reading, you'll be on stages with that guy, like doing stuff, and um, yeah. you know, just that stuff. Forget about being on K Love and all that stuff. Whatever, you know. Yeah. What I mean, it's that thing. It's, it's like God, man. He knows what he's awesome. doing. Yeah. Well, and this is important too. So my dad stopped physically abusing my mom around ten years old, right? And uh, though he was always the villain in my story for me. Um, after I became a believer for years throughout my teens, he was always apologizing. I thought my mom, to be honest with you, should have left him. And, um, you know, if you're in an abusive relationship, physically abusive, you should be safe. You know what I mean? But she stayed with him. I think I was, a lot of my decisions throughout my teens were just to punish her and him. Right. But, uh, first thing I did after I got saved was I went to my dad and I forgave him. I just knew the Lord wanted me to. It was the worst thing ever, by the way. it was There was no beautiful music. Birds weren't on our shoulders. You know what I mean? It was just like, Painful. I forgive you, and I ran out of the room, right? Um, later, he ended up performing our wedding ceremony. He ended up um, baptizing me and my wife, all that, right? He's been dead now from cancer for over 10 years. But if you'd have told me that I would eventually be traveling all over the world sharing the gospel, like my dad, but redeemed— yeah. Not a million years. Yeah. See, God has his way of like, and now authenticity to me is like everything. If you spend oh, yeah. any time around me at all, you're like, this dude is yeah. <laughs> not hiding anything, right? Yeah. Uh, part of that is just because I grew up around some stuff where it's like, don't let anybody know what's really going yeah. on. And I'm like, no, nah, man, Jesus is real. To be fully known is so free. Yeah, so it's crazy right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I travel a lot. I see thousands of people come to Christ through my life, through my story. Literally on TikTok alone and on Facebook Live since September of last year till today, we've seen over 36,000 people come to Christ. That's awesome, dude. And, um, you know, it's just like all that stuff, man. That's that's the real. That is. So, yeah. That's cool, man. It's epic. Well, I'm super grateful you've been here today. That's great. I mean, I can't wait to see how God moves tonight. But do me a favor, look right in this camera right here <laughs> for the guy that's sitting out there, uh-huh. sitting in that bed. Yeah, got it. That, where is it? What what would you what would you tell him? Yes. Specifically. All right. I'm gonna call you Doug. No, Doug. I'm just what if your All name's right. actually Doug? This is yeah. totally for you. Um, do you want to know what you look like fully alive? Do you want to know who you really are? And you may have lived so much life that you think you figured you out, 
but you can't really know who you are till you give your life to Jesus. And I'm telling you now, it's all real. I, I don't have any, I don't get commission if you believe me. I, I don't have a church for you to come to that I'm the pastor at. I don't need you to follow me. I don't need money from you. It's all real though. And you are meant to be fully alive, not full of addiction, not full of depression, not full of anger, suicide. You're meant to be a resting place for the presence of God. And if you feel like you've been kicked laying down your whole life, perhaps it's because your destiny is so big, the enemy's trying to take you out. But you are meant to build the kingdom of Jesus Christ through your life. And in that, you will find out what you look like fully alive. The real you. I love you. That's awesome, man. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I can't wait for tonight. And check back next week with us for another great episode of Caddy Wampus.